0: Institute for Faith and Freedom at Grove City College presents Liberty Mail
1: with the student fellows of Faith and Freedom.
0: Hello, and welcome to Liberty Mail. I'm Grace Riley,
1: And I'm Aaron Jenks. And
0: we're here at National Harbor. We're at CPAC still. And as we're recording this, we're finishing up the conference. So while you're watching this, the conference will be done, and you'll be able to look at some of the videos that we've been putting out since then. And today, we're going to analyze those and break them down a bit. Um, we've been having a really great time at the conference. Aaron, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, conference has been great. Today's a little gloomy. It's I think you can see behind us. It's a little rainy on the Potomac. And so coming back and forth from the hotel to the CPAC is a little uh, bit of a mess. But today we spent the majority of our day at CPAC. Um, we got there at 9.30 a.m., 10, 30, 10 a.m. and stayed for the majority of the day. We were just getting back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot to talk about. And in, uh, in general, the atmosphere in CPAC today was a lot more uh, thriving than yesterday. There's a lot more buzz because I really think that you had presidential nominations speak today, you had Nikki Haley talk, um, a lot of people that ride in the Trump train are coming in because he's talking tomorrow for uh, an event guest, and then even you had Mike, former uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo.
0: Yeah, so there were a lot of really great speakers today and coming tomorrow, so definitely the energy is increasing at CPAC. And today we did Man on the Street videos, which you can check out on the YouTube and on social media. We should have a few up by the time that you're hearing this. So be sure to look for those. And we we asked some interesting questions to some of the attendees at CPAC. And we found that we were talking to a lot of young people. There were a good amount of young people today where, um, you know, they had a lot of thoughts and were really enthusiastic about conservatism, and about being a change in our country.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll i throw it up to st- uh, statistics, but comparing this uh, Man on the Street video to, uh, from last year, last year, uh, the people that we interviewed, I would say, let's say we got like 25 people. We only could run with about uh, half of those people that, or half of the videos that we took because they were quality videos. This year, it just seemed that almost every single person, I think there was only one that we were not going to use, But every person gave a really quality, great answer, and they knew what they were talking about. They seemed really passionate about what Mm -hmm. they were talking about, and they seemed happy to be there and happy to be interviewed.
0: Yeah, so we had a lot of really good conversations today, and we'll go over a few of the questions and our takes on them, um, and you can go check out some of these good answers that we got walking around CPAC today. So just the first thing to jump into, and we'll talk about some of the more common responses. Yeah, and
1: these are going to be some of the questions that we asked uh, attendants. But Mm -hmm. we want to give our kind of take on these questions.
0: Yeah, so just jumping into it, one of the things that we talked about with people was what they felt the most important and crucial issues were that are facing America today. And obviously that's a question where you can go a lot of different directions with that (laughs) because on a lot of different levels, you can call a lot of things the biggest issue we're facing. So we heard a lot of really interesting responses, um, and a lot of people had really good points, some of those being... A lot of people talked about abortion, and the reason for that answer was because of life and the sanctity of life. So they kind of said that starting from the very basics of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, if you don't um, have life, then you can't have anything else. So that's why they thought that was the biggest issue. So at its foundation, I think that's a really good point. Um, And there was a lot of other responses having to do with, there were some having to do with election integrity, some having to do with communism and understanding leftist policies and why we shouldn't have them implemented and we shouldn't support those leaders. So a lot of really good, interesting conversations.
1: Yeah, I think my favorite uh, response, and I kind of agree with this because when I think about this question, there's so many important issues where, okay, if someone throws this to me as a, a working research, I can get into it and I'm already motivated to make a positive change on mm-hmm. that. But when I kind of just think about politics in general in American state, um, and what this one gentleman said that really resonated with me is, okay, how do we kind of put reform into the government, and how do we put reform into how our political parties act within the government? So I think that addresses a lot. Uh, one thing, which is, I said I think the other podcast, it addresses um, the medium of exchange where we can hold our elected officials accountable. So if we can kind of work into that process, and one, the one uh, specific he brought up was one vote, one bill po- uh, voting. And so I really thought that was an interesting uh, topic. Well, I'm not going to spoil it too much, so head over to the video on YouTube, uh, and you'll yeah. be able to watch that. But I really thought that was a great uh, segment and a good or yeah, good sentiment to have is that, okay, there is a lot of change that we need to uh, reform within the government and understand how political parties are acting.
0: Well, exactly. And I think to that, to that point, the sentiment as well was that, yeah, beyond just issues, beyond picking just an issue that's mm. a, a, the most important thing, looking at the way that our government is functioning as a whole because the power should be in the hands of the people and our government ideally should not be corrupt and most would agree that they can't trust the government and it's corrupt myself included and you as well I mean so you know with that considered looking at as you're saying the way that the government is running and making sure that those checks are in place Um, and with one person who mentioned making sure that the um, elections are fair. I mean, that's an important point where a lot of Americans don't trust um, elections. So, with that considered, making sure that those are, you know, fair is important. So, I think all of that together, looking at the way that our government is operating as a whole and the political climate and the way that people are operating um, in the political sphere is important.
1: Yeah, and I'm really motivated by this because it's not, it's not a let's redo the whole system. There's a lot of great things about our. Uh, government, and I'm such a a fanboy at times with the political science major of how our government works.
0: Yeah, and I don't like a lot of things about (laughs) it, but yes.
1: But it's the optimism of, okay, we can do better. We can change things Mm -hmm. and implement systems where we can make things faster, we can make things better, as I said. Yeah,
0: and that has to be the goal of being optimistic about it, because nothing's really going to happen if we do the opposite, if we're always, you know. So I think the goal should be to make the government smaller and more limited, Um, And going about that, yeah, with optimism and and looking at the state of our country now, it's easy to be discouraged and say, well, what can we even do? There's so much power and corruption, but all we can do is, you know, try. All we can do is work hard to make sure that the principles that make America great are preserved.
1: So taking a step back from that, as we're saying, we're talking about kind of uh, politics as a whole and even our government as a whole. So let's take a step back, and I really want to know, uh, well, we asked this question, and I want to know what you think, is looking at the conservative movement, uh, us being Liberty Mail and what we represent, okay, what is a strength and what is a weakness within the conservative movement that we see right now? And that can be either between leaders or just within the grass mo- uh, grassroots movement.
0: Yeah, so I think what a lot of people say the weakness has to do with, and I would tend to agree with this, is it has to do with the culture. Because for younger Americans, I think conservatives have done a lot of good things with reaching younger Americans, but at the same time, they're still not really winning that battle. Um, And we can see that with the way that young people voted in the past election. I mean, young people voted at large for candidates on the left. So looking at that, though there are a lot of really good organizations that um, are for young conservatives and help young conservatives to get excited and, you know, to provide education on issues going on in politics, there's also a very big population of young people who trend more to the left or don't really know much about what's going on in our country. Mm -hmm. So I think looking at that, conservatives need to understand that they're going to have to meet these young people where they are. They're going to have to, you know, understand the culture that's working against them because the secular leftist culture which you see in the forms of you know, media, of social media, um, of TV that people are watching, mm-hmm. music they're listening to, what influencers are saying, what celebrities are saying. Um, all that is coming into play and in what people are learning in the education system with, which trends towards the left. So all of those factors are influential in young people's lives and mm-hmm. conservatives um, haven't done a good job of keeping the, the culture in that way. So I think what they need to do um, is be very aware of that and do better in that area. Well
1: here, I'll give you a second to to get the other side of that question, but I think you're very right, um, then and it comes back to a saying that I've heard a lot is uh even as like political parties, they don't get to choose what the voters care about. The voters get to uh Mm -hmm. choose what topics are gonna be important and what candidates usually run on. And so, yeah, there is a a sense that okay, the political parties really need to understand that they need to meet us where we're at. Mm -hmm. And like I I feel that our mission with Liberty Mail is that we're trying to also uh, reach out to our generation, and, and we know where they are, and we're trying to kind of lead them the other way, and there was a really interesting research uh, that came out from Pew, I think it was, and it was showing that millennials are not uh, are not staying consistent with, with the kind of, I think it's a stereotypical thing that, okay, well, when you reach your 30s or 40s, you become conservative, and there's mm-hmm. some research showing that millennials are not yeah. Uh, put not falling into that conservative movement, and they're really just staying liberal.
0: Yeah, and the whole point of that is you're exactly right, and the statistics are showing that, because it's not about age, mm. it's about the generations. So it's not just, and the same is true for even Christians, the same is true for Christianity and religion. Uh, young people are not going to church as much as they used to. More young people are identifying as religiously unaffiliated than ever but that's not changing with millennials they're not starting to go to church more as they get older because it's a generational thing and it's a generational problem and a lot of that i think is answered by the culture and um other things like that and what you know people are prioritizing in their lives because, yeah, and that's I think that's something that we need to wake up to as conservatives, because I think it is easy for a lot of people to just say, oh, well, when they get older, they'll realize that's how it's always been. Well, it isn't how it is now, which mm. we're we're seeing in real time. Oh, yeah. Um, that that's not what it is. So with that, reaching reaching young people needs to be a priority, especially with all the forces um, working against you know them, which, you know, we're. It's hard being at being at a high school if you're growing up and you're at a high school and um, it's politically biased. That kind of it does in a sense I'll say like sets you up for failure in a way where there's not you're just constantly being bombarded with all of this mm. um, and a lot of people don't even hear the conservative message um, and politics shouldn't be in the classroom anyway like that um, but in the way that they are but it is just the way it is right now.
1: Here, so what do you think uh, the flip side of it? I think we we heard a lot of good. Uh, arguments for there are strengths happening with the conservative movement. What's one that comes to your mind when you think about that?
0: Yeah, and on the flip side of it, to kind of like play the exact other side, is I do think, again, that the conservative movement has done some really good things for young people. I think that there is a lot of um, enthusiasm amongst young people. It's just that, you know, not almost, it's, it's just that there's still a large amount of young people who are not conservative. So I guess that's my point there. But I think um, what they have done well, I think the part, I think conservatives really changed when Donald Trump was president. I think the way that political campaigns were run and the yeah, way marketing has evident, happened yeah. has changed a lot. And mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of that has been in a good way um, as far as, you know, marketing goes and other, otherwise. So I think, um, and just, you know, the idea of being less political and not a part of the swamp I think is important. but. Um, yeah, as far as what they've done well, I would say, again, on the flip side of that, um, something to do with young people, but what do you think?
1: Well, just from personal experience, I think there's so many individuals who are personally motivated, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's out of a place of humility, it's out of a place of uh, wanting to do good, and I think that is so genuine within uh, a lot of people within the movement, and I think that's such a positive uh, at the grassroots movement. That's how you get people excited at the grassroots movement, and that's how you really, I think, change uh, the culture eventually. And so I'm really proud of that, uh, seeing that within CPAC too, and then also in my own experience. And then one other strength that I really think they have is there are a lot of smart people who know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? There are so many uh, high intellectuals either at these think tanks, um, and the conservative movement has a really strong grip in DC on think tanks. So I think that's a, a great positive in the movement.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, it's important, then, you know, just for conservatives to stick to their guns, like to just, you know, stand firm in uh, the truth and stand firm in what's right and what is logical and you know is supported by evidence, because that's the way it ends up working.
1: That sounds like a message to the younger generation, yeah. does it not?
0: Well, yeah, which is exactly <laughs> what we're going to get into now. That was
1: one of the main, que- or that was one of the main questions mm-hmm. that uh, Grace would end up asking. And I thought that was uh, we got some really good responses out of that, especially yeah. from some of the older uh, gentlemen or, or women that we asked. We um, didn't ask really the younger generation that yeah. question as well, strong. I did but
0: ask a few. So okay, there's tell a me about yeah, it. yeah, definitely check out the video. Um, there was this one young man that said he basically said in a message to his peers, you know, you guys need to do your research. You need to be looking into issues and understanding why you know you think certain things. And I thought that mm-hmm. was a great point from. You know, peer to peer in a sense, where he was saying, Okay, guys, I understand that you scroll on social media all the time. Well, you shouldn't do that. You should be, you know, doing research into more important things. So I thought that was a really good point from a younger person. But again, yeah, from some of the older um, people that we talked to, there was some great advice. By older, just not in Gen Z. They gave Generation Z some great advice. So you'll definitely have to be on the lookout for that.
1: Mm -hmm. And almost I'll say for my own personal uh, uh, advice and to really butcher uh, Plato is that, or or not Plato, but to really butcher Socrates is that you, you know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much information being thrown at, especially our generation growing up on social media. And there's so many different news stories that come out. And so almost have the, the reference of mind that you do not know what the truth is right now. So like that one gentleman or one young man said, uh, going along with that, take five minutes to go at least look up this news story before you let it change your whole exactly. aspect of how you think about X, Y, or Z topic. And
0: Jordan Peterson said too, what you don't know is more important than what you already know. And that's, you know, kind of drawing on that, the understanding mm-hmm. of, you know, um, you don't know in everything and understanding that what you don't know is is really important and you should be looking into things you don't know and trying to always be learning. That's just a general life advice thing even.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's a great characteristic I think to have that humility and especially in your 20s man. i time and time again when I was at least as a teenager I did not believe this but I so firmly do now is that every time I'm either at a a workplace or a job or I have an internship is ask as many questions as you can because these people really understand what's Mm -hmm. happening in your circles. And they're a great uh, source of wisdom that you can learn from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. Um, and then just off of that, I think, did you get any interesting hot takes? I know that we talked about asking that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get around to it as much um, with time that we had, but
1: mm-hmm. um, there wasn't too too many crazy outlandish ones. Mm-hmm. I would uh, actually there was like none outlandish mm-hmm. hot takes. A lot of them were just kind of common sense. Yeah. Um, the one that kind of resonated the most was. Uh, particularly is that what is happening with leadership and, and the communication between uh, leadership and the grassroots uh, mm. happening in the conservative movement is just non-existent bridge of communication. I think that's, that's pretty very, accurate. I think
0: that's accurate as well. Yeah, that certainly is a problem.
1: Mm-hmm. So do, do you have any final conclusions uh, of CPAC that you want to send yeah. the listeners away with?
0: I think CPAC, I, I think from being here especially and being on the ground, it's always really... Good to just be in person here and to really see what's going on at the event. But I would say that the general sentiment is that, you know, we need to be as united as as we can as conservatives, um, in standing up for policy. That's a good idea, and in advocating for issues, because when we're unified together doing that, we're going to be a lot stronger than if we're all kind of in these different subgroups. So I think at CPAC that's been evident where there's a lot of different speakers that have been really great um, but we are all um, you know we all should be coming together to stand for the basic foundations of what we believe Um, and I'm I'm hopeful that the young people that are here are inspired I think that it was a really great time and there are a lot of young people here which is really encouraging always
1: and I want to send you away with with one thought is that no matter Take away any preconceived notion that you have right now as a listener of CPAC, because politics, especially more than anything, change so often, and so just like CPAC, um, it, let's say you thought it was too libertarian for you, you thought it was uh, too popularist over the past couple of years, there are so many people that are working from every inch of the the country and they're constantly working to advance what they think is right and what is good within the conservative movement. So. Throw away your preconceived notions because you can get a lot of good done uh, being open and being uh, having a great amount of humility working with a lot of people at CPAC.
0: Yeah, and I think it was a really great event. Um, we enjoyed it for when we were there. And um, again, I think that it's exciting because, as you said before, optimism is going to be important. So looking towards the future, I think as conservatives, we should be excited for the opportunity we have to reach young people and change their minds and also um, just our peers and fellow Americans to save our country and, you know, advocate for policies that will be the best for the American people.
1: Yeah, for those checking in and uh, viewing this on YouTube, we thank you for looking at this gloomy Potomac River behind us. But for those listening, thank you for checking into what I think has been a pretty upbeat uh, weekend and whole week of CPAC, Uh, a lot of excitement. And we appreciate you checking in. I hope these two episodes are Uh, awesome for you. Please leave any comments you have, and then also be on the lookout for any Man on the Street videos, because there are some really uh, interesting and good quality answers in there. Thank you for tuning in to Liberty Mail, y'all. Thanks so much. For more information on the Institute for Faith and
0: Freedom, visit faithandfreedom.com.